What's crackalackin' everybody? Money Smart Guy, Matt Zapala here, hailing to you from Dallas, Texas, and welcome to another episode of the Seven Figure Squad. Episode 3-9, man, in studio with me is Milton Alvarez. What's going on, brother? It's a beautiful Wednesday, man. It is, it is, and so uh, we got a very uh, variety of topics today uh, in the context and categories of money, our fatherhood and faith and health and fitness, and so uh, what happens, this is Life Insurance Awareness Month, but what happens when life happens. And so we're going to take a look here of what happens when a, uh, uh, a woman inherits and takes over her children, her kids' children, or her sister's children. She has three kids of her own. We're going to take a look at this clip of a reaction and having to handle that type of situation. Also, paycheck to paycheck is coming into another bad scenario and situation here. Uh, we're going to be taking a look at uh, gas prices in the, uh, this particular part of the country. Um, Listen, if you're waiting for your kids to make money in the NFL, don't wait because kids in college are getting rich. So, namely, we're going to take a look at Shador Sanders' NIL deals and what Tom Brady said to Shador um, in terms of his career advice. Um, we'll take a look at fatherhood. A son is actually in his father's face calling him, him the P word. So we'll take a look at that here in a second. And also with some of the current events here that we're dealing with from why the government debt ceiling, the government reaching its limits in terms of, uh, of, of expenditures and revenues that, to pay for it is going to impact you if we don't do something significantly about it too as well. So uh, you got some um, topics here on, uh, on, on faith, excuse me, on, uh, on fitness. Yeah, so today for health and fitness, I wanna to touch on something that a lot of men neglect and that's their mental health. And a lot of men need to understand that a lot of it comes from lacking some sense of purpose, which then affects the livelihoods of the relationships with women, which then why women, especially the women watching this, should have a set of standards when approaching men. So that's the big, the big three for me. So we got a great show ahead. So uh, let's take a look at our first topic here. Let's take a look at gas prices in LA. Uh, it's shocking to see gas prices like this because I remember um, that movie I Am Legend and it was crazy to see gas prices look like that in that movie I Am Legend when uh, Will Smith was playing the lead actor there. But let's take a look at this clip what gas prices are looking like in L.A. I guess no audio. When gas is that much. Like, are you fucking kidding me? I hate it here. So I'm just going to Google here. I am legend gas prices. You know, it's it's interesting to see how uh, these um, uh, these conversations about gas prices in, in, in this type of scenario is becoming a, is becoming a harsh reality. Um, think about this real quick, man. Uh, 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 if you could take a look at my screen, uh, and this is this uh, this clip here. Sorry, this um, this here was from last year. This was a tweet from last year. Gas is now officially more expensive than a movie I Am Legend. Imagine would be during the apocalypse. So six bucks, seven bucks. Uh, I, I did a, uh, I did a uh, reaction video to this too as well and, and, and Instagram. But is gas more, look at, look at the left side is I Am Legend. If you look at the left side, that's the movie I Am Legend. Six bucks. And when this movie was created, people thought that was astronomical. That would never happen. But look at reality today. And then this was last year. And we just saw the clip, gas prices being seven bucks. What's your thoughts on gas prices looking like this, especially for the common person trying to get around? Imagine making 15 bucks an hour, 20 bucks an hour, even 50 bucks an hour, having to take the financial hit at the pump every time you gas up. And two hours of your work day goes into one gallon of gas and trying to make it to work, to and from work. That's why, I see, that's why you see a lot of people going on scooters and now utilizing 
public transportation, which also discourages people from buying gas cars and now lean more towards the electrical cars. But then what happens in the long run when there's some form, some type of warfare and the power grid just shuts down and we're completely done yeah. with power, what's happening with our vehicles then? Yeah, because if we're, yeah, right, good point. I mean, if we are being encouraged out to go more electric, 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 yeah. right? Which a lot of people say that the reason why people go in electric is to help the environment. But the carbon emissions from running electricity is just as bad as just normal uh, carbon in terms of manufacturing goods and services. So, you know, there's there's talks and conversations about electricity shutting down the power grids of cities. Yeah. So if everybody was to charge up their cars, it would absolutely shut down the whole power grid because yeah. the power grid of cities, the infrastructure is not is not sufficient to have everybody plugging in and, and getting juice. And you know, you know what? I I, uh, I have a couple friends of mine who are Tesla owners, and they said, dude, we get about maybe 200 miles per charge, and then we have to find charging stations in the middle yeah. of nowhere. I just, I wouldn't feel comfortable with that, knowing that I only have 200 the miles. Exactly. Inconvenience, excuse me. Of having to find a charging station. Yeah. And how many charging stations are there, are there actually in states that aren't really relatively, you know, advanced in technology versus the Texas, the California, the Illinois? I remember distinctly Gaetan, Jose Gaetan, shout out to you, man. Jose and Marlene Gaetan of Houston, Texas, our business partners, uh, fellow cash flow millionaires too as well. And he was so excited about his Tesla. He says, man, this is a salesman's car. Big old laptop. You know, the, the, yeah. the screen is big old, you know, 17, I think 17 inch screen in the middle of the car. Jacked up about his Tesla. Selling us on Tesla. I get it. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, cool, it's a cool thing. I mean, the insanity, have you ever seen the insanity mode, how fast that thing goes? Yeah. Oh, I mean, it just takes off because it's just electricity. There's no ramp up. You just hit the gas and boom. And uh, there's also fart mode. Do you see fart mode on the, uh, the Teslas? Where it makes it sound like a, like a muscle car? No, actual farts. It's not like farts. a fart. A f- actual farts in a car. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Talk about Elon Musk having a sense of humor. Actually, fart noises in the car. That's funny. That's, that's, uh, it's, it's, uh, I, I got picked up by an Uber about three weeks ago. In a Tesla? In the, yeah, in a Tesla. And the man was not driving his vehicle. He was on his phone the entire no. time. The Tesla was driving itself. This was like no. at 9, 10 p.m. in the evening after I left the cigar lounge. Tired as hell. And I'm on my phone. And I look up, and this man's texting at the same time. So I had to do a double take to look over at the steering wheel. And this man was literally no hands, no knees, driving a Tesla. Yeah. Ridiculous at the uh, technology that we have nowadays, man. That's Knight Rider, man. I figured, that's a yeah. flashback from the 80s, man. Whoever watched the show Knight Rider, that was, uh, that was Kit. Um, he, he had a self-driving car. He was playing video games while the car was, dri- uh, was driving. But if you're out there, man, and you're looking at this scenario of gas, gas price, what are you guys doing? whether you're watching this live or watching it uh, in the replay, what are you doing to combat gas prices? And there's other reasons why entrepreneurship should be something that you consider implementing on the side. Because I talked about workshops all the time. In my, in my workshop last night, uh, how many people have a car? How many people have a cell phone? How many people have internet at the house? How many people once in a while like eating food? If you're just an employee, you're just getting a job, a single income, or two, two jobs, three jobs, four jobs, just from W-2 employment, None of those expenses I just shared with you is tax deductible. Yeah. But if you start a side business, a side hustle, you don't have to do it full time. You don't even have to be profitable. But if you start a side business, the IRS says if you're growing a trade or business, these expenses I just shared with you potentially could be tax deductible if you're doing this in engagement of growing a trade or business. So we don't control this. And sadly, I don't see it uh, getting any, any relief anytime soon. I remember three, four, five years ago, um, you know, under the Trump administration, gas prices were down you know, two bucks, two twenty-five, two fifteen, two thirty. I mean, you know, people are spending one hundred forty. What, 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 guys, you fill out your gas tank in the comment section below. How much does it take 
to fill up your gas tank every time you fill up gas? Put it in the comment section below. I'm, I'm wildly curious. And put the city and state that you live in. City and state you live in and put how much money it takes for you to fill up gas. And so we joke about this stuff. Gas prices have been like this. But is gas differently than it was in the 1960s and 70s or is this still gasoline? It's still gasoline. Man. So if I, bought a, if I bought a gallon of gas in the 60s, can I still put it in my car today? Yeah. And it still be useful. Yeah. The right. challenge yeah. we have today is the silent tax. And so the, oftentimes people say, hey, Matt, you know, when I retire, when I become financially free, I don't have to, have to work ever again. I'm going to actually be spending less because I don't have to commute as much. I don't have to spend as much money on business travel, et cetera, et cetera. But the reality is this. This is the silent tax. And this silent tax called inflation affects middle income and low income households the most. And the reason why we do this podcast is because you think, oh, but must be nice to be a millionaire. Must be nice to be an entrepreneur. Folks, we're being forced into decisions in our life where you have to make more money just to pay the bills. Imagine being retired. Imagine being your 60s and 70s. I'm doing a talk at a retirement community in, in McKinney at the end of October. And this, this uh, program director says, I said, what, what type of topic would you like me to discuss? She goes, some of the, the tenants here, some of the people here, Sadly, after living here for one, two, three years, after the pay raise we do next year, they won't be able to afford to live here. And I said, well, do you offer Medicaid? No, we only private pay. So they don't even have government, government state assistance from Texas or Illinois, whatever state you're in, to have the state government subsidize the cost of care or living when you are retired. And here's the thing too as well, Milton, think about all the people that you know right now. By the way, this will go back even further. Think about the people that you knew in high school. Mm. Sadly, how many of them have already died? Do you a, think handf- of, a handful of people. Right? Well, 100%. Do you think that's going to get more and more as you get older? Of course. So in your 20s and 30s, you get invited to a lot of weddings and, and birthday parties. Guess what you get started invited to in your late 30s, 40s? Funerals. A lot more funerals. Yeah. So do you think that people that you grew up with, sadly, friends and family, you think by the time you're 80, you think a majority of them will still be around? Definitely not. So that's the thing. So when you're 70s and 80s years old, if you're not out there doing two things, either A, making your money work harder for you, and B, not proactively making more friends. A lot of men don't make a lot of friends. We did, we did a, we did a um, not to sidetrack, but we did a reaction to what happens when most men have nobody to talk to. It's one of the most viral things we put on, on, on our podcast. Mm-hmm. Most men just don't talk to men. You think that's gonna get in, any easier when you're 70 and 80 years old? It's gonna get tougher and tougher if you don't learn this habit now. So we want you to get ahead of the curve. Gas prices, cost of living, Energy, cell phones. I mean, people are packed, pay, paying 1500 bucks for a brand new cell phone. I knew the iPhone 15 just came out, right? Just came out. You getting it? I, I haven't upgraded yet. Oh. And we were joking about it because we were at the gym the other day. Yeah. Or was it last year? And we're thinking about upgrading from the 13 to 14. We did a side-by-side. Yeah. Was there any difference? Size. That's it. <laughs> Size of the phone. Maybe processing right, speed. I don't know. But yeah. they're just trying to get you to spend another 1000 bucks, 2000 bucks. So, folks, there's this thing called delayed gratification. Tucking money away, getting money to work for you will help you much more greater in the future because here's who not, we're not getting affected by inflation. People that are rich and people that are building wealth and they're doing this 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago. So the 5, 10-year-old version of you will thank you for implementing strategies and invoking delayed gratification in 2023. I hope you get to meet that next best version of you and getting away from this paycheck to paycheck type of mentality by invoking and creating and implementing a side business. What type of topic you, you got on your end? I want to touch on exactly what you just spoke on when it comes on to men and who do they have to speak to. Mm. In this generation, there's a lot of men who lack a sense of purpose. 
a complete sense of purpose. And because of that, a lot of people are being misled. A lot of boys are being misled. Women, families being misled. Businesses are mm. being broken. Um, so, uh, Jordan, if we can pull up that video when it comes into the very first topic on lacking purpose. People can't get up in the morning and they can't get out of bed. I'm going to tell you why. Because they can predict the feeling of everything that's going to happen in their life. And their bodies resign to the familiar. It says, oh, another mundane day. But remember when you were a kid and you were going on a field trip? What happened then? You were up and dressed and ready to go before your parents were up. You know why? Because you knew something unexpected was going to happen. That's how we should live our lives. Yeah. And, and, and I wrote something. When I, when I watched this video, I got this download. I, I like to call them downloads. It was like at two, 2 o'clock in the morning this morning. Mm-hmm. And this is what I wrote. When you lack purpose, when you lack purpose, you lack vision. When you lack vision, you lack direction. When you lack direction, you lack clarity. When you lack clarity, you lack momentum, aka the excitement for life. You aren't excited for your days and your life because you have no sense of purpose behind why you got up in the morning, especially as a man. It doesn't matter how much money you make, doesn't matter. You can't, you, you can live a life of a void and a dull one because there's no purposeful attachment to the why on why you're working so hard. And if there is, it's too superficial. So here are, th- here are three ways to be able to get that excitement. You know, number one is be able to understand that you have a purpose on why you exist. Number two, figure out what the purpose is by understanding what your gift is. And that comes with internal work and finding your identity in God. And number three is being able to gain clarity on what that gift is by understanding, again, once again, understanding your identity in God. God is the one who gives you the vision. Visions and dreams are from God. Vision is a form of reverse engineering, which a lot of entrepreneurs are solely focused on that when it comes down to reaching certain goals. And the last thing for me, God allows you to envision the dream, to study it, to break it down and say, I want to go there. And then you get equipped with what you need to be able to reach it. All of this comes from being curious and asking a lot of questions. And the downfall to that, Matt, is because of that, because men lack vision, because men lack purpose, because men lack direction, they end up bringing certain women into their lives. And because they can't figure out who they are and they have absolutely no sense of their identity in God, they also bring women into this dark place where they aren't able to grow, to progress, and to bloom as the woman that they're mm-hmm. meant to be. Yeah. So first I wanna get your, your thought on that, and then I wanna go to the second video on uh, the fences scene of that woman uh, talking to her husband. Yeah, so Proverbs 29, 18. When there is no vision, the people perish. If you've got a vision for your life, you have to have a vision for your life. I've, I've been mentored and coached by a CEO who's had vision. And his vision was saving America. And the irony behind it, in 2012, I put a vision out there myself when I talk at my first conference was transforming America. So he's talking about saving America. Yeah. And in 2012, I'm talking about saving America. And for some God reason, there is a 2015 meeting between the two of us. I decided to go in business with PBD. And saving America and transforming America combined. And we've been off to the races in, in, in the last eight years. And we had an exit last year. Because every day I get jacked up, man. Because there's people to help, there's people to serve, there's people to transform. Like, like the people that you're helping as a trainer, you see people's progress, people going from here to here, and people telling you, hey man, ever since working together with you, I got my finances right, but man, I need to get my health right. And because I got my health right, my finances improved. 100%. Because I got purpose. There's a goal. You have to have a goal. Have some, I don't care what that goal is. So my goal is to read a chapter of a book today. Great. Your goal is to crack open a Bible and see what God has in store for you and what type of word he wants for you to read today. Goal is to call three, four, five people and see who's willing to have a, some form of conversation. And maybe you guys go out and grab coffee and catch up. And maybe that's your goal for today. Those simple things. And also association, because if you're hanging around the wrong people, they're going to be dra- dragging you down. 
if you're hanging around people that are, are wanting to pull themselves up to as well, guess what? You're going to effectively get splashed upon their energy because they got purpose and vision for their life. So power of association here is you got to connect. And I've always said this about social media. The sad part about cell phones and social media and internet and email, they were connected, but we're not connecting. That is an actual effort. People spend more time like this, looking down. And by the way, when you're looking down, check, check a look at my head. I'm down like this. What, what type of pose is that? Yeah. That's depression. That's depression. Yeah. I'm down like this. Imagine back in the day, people walk around like this all day. Your body already knows is physically depressed by going like this. When I, actually, sometimes I'm texting, I'm going like this. Stand up desk. But uh, what's what's the next part? Because what you have to hear about the uh, fences. I love that movie. Yeah. So and, and because and because of that, that the lack and everything that matches brought up, a lot of men lack ownership, and a lot of men can't own up, knowing that because of their actions, there's always going to be consequences, and that also brings consequences for the mom, for the mom, for the family, especially for the wife. And now I want to tap into that video, uh, Jordan. Yeah. It's not easy for me to admit that I've been standing in the same place for 18 years. Well, I've been standing with you. Woo. I've been right here with Detroit. I got a life too. I gave 18 years of my life to stand in the same spot as you. Don't you think I ever wanted other things? Don't you think I had dreams and hopes? What about my life? What about me? Don't you think I ever crossed my mind to want to know other men that I wanted to lay up somewhere and forget about my responsibilities? That I wanted someone to make me laugh so I could feel good? You're not the only one who's got wants and needs, but I held on to your toy. I took all my feelings, my wants, and needs, and dreams, and I buried them inside you. I planted a seed and watched and prayed over. I planted myself inside you and waited to bloom. That is exactly why women need to have standards. Men need to have ownership, and women need to have standards. So that's not the outcome of your relationship. See, man. That's like... Oh, I felt that. Man. I got checked in that in that scene, and I'm I'm in, <laughs> in that position. So, what do you what do you what are your thoughts? By the way, if you find a woman like that, yeah. Oh my gosh, hold on to her. Who sticks to you no matter what happens? Hold on to her. Don't you do her wrong, man. You find a woman like that? That's my wife. That's Sheena. That's that's a woman that parries her thoughts, dream, and go. Whoa, I'm moved by that, bro. And women today are. Doing what they're doing, I, I I couldn't imagine, bro, being in your position that being single. Thanks. I couldn't imagine, bro. It's I mean, for you to be single, to have the strength with all the distractions a single man has to go through today. I don't know. I could. It distracts a lot of married men, of course. Let alone being single. Yeah. So many damn options. But then again, during, during my era, the older guys were saying that about me. Mm. So every generation of men will have its current distraction. And the only way you're going to get around it is based on what you just said. You got to have values. You got to have principles. You got to have standards. Not only for the women, but more so by, by for the men. Yeah. When, when, I mean, look at the original sin in Genesis, right? When Adam and Eve ate the forbidden fruit. He listened to Eve. Okay, fine. Let's, 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 let's bite this thing. You're in the middle of heaven. You're in the middle of the Garden of Eden. The sun has to respect you. The, the rain has to listen to whether or not it's going to rain today. Everything was commanded under Adam in that Garden of Eden. And the one thing that God said you can't have, guess what they wanted? That shit. And so when you're looking at what happened after that, next thing you know, they committed sin. Boom. And next thing you know, God's looking through the Garden of Eden. And, um, I don't think that's got a town like that. 
Adam. Notice he didn't ask for Eve. Yeah. He didn't ask for Eve. He asked for Adam. It's not like he was looking for Adam. He knew who he was. It's God. And then he's looking for him. In other words, the way I internalize this, the way I process this, is man has a different role than women. You're the leader. You're a man. You're a leader. And a lot of men today forget that they're a leader. As a single man, you got to lead. As a married man, yeah. you got to lead. Yeah. And when you're looking at a woman like that, who's willing to bury her own hope, her dreams, or desires, desires into a man, yeah. and guess what? A man, man, as a man, you take that investment from a woman, bro. You better not be standing around in the, in the next 18 years. And I hope uh, as that scene continues, I, I want to watch them rewatch the movie again. But I hope from that good that, that moment going forward. Denzel in that movie Fences, by the way, I think Fences was a Broadway show yeah. before they made it a movie. Yeah. And the character of that movie goes on to make something of himself, man. That is a woman to look out for. And, and, but here's the thing, man. A lot of men, quote unquote, men, they don't want the responsibility nowadays. When, when, when you have a high level yes, of responsibility, that's going to have a high level of stress. Yeah. A lot of men rather face oppression where it's safe and they know it's the predictability of what comes with depression yep. versus having the responsibility of leading a family. Yep. And because of that same exact reason, men don't like the idea of, of having a role in a woman's life or a role in, in yeah. life of a responsibility as a man to lead the world, business, or a family. Yeah. Which is why a lot of women now, they're falling into their masculine energy and they're, they're and a lot of these men are falling into a feminine energy of, hey, let's do 50-50. If I yeah. pay one meal, you pay the next meal. We that. gotta go half and half in bills. We gotta do, do this. If, if she doesn't do this for me, I won't do this for her. And that's exactly why women need to have standards. If Jordan, we can pull up that one video of um either one's fine we're only doing one whichever one you want to pull up it's fine same exact thing women have need to have standards all the men right now act like women <sighs> and they just want more bring back the patriarchy Ooh. i want to stay at home <laughs> i want to take care of my kids what do you mean buy you flowers what do you mean pay for dinner <laughs> what do you mean 50 50 what is that i don't believe in that what do you want what do you believe i want a man to take care of me so you want to be a housewife i want to be a housewife Okay. Yeah. The old traditional way? Traditional. I'll do it. I don't mind. I'll do it. Fuck it. Alright, let's say you meet you meet the guy that does all that. Like he's willing to take you in and you basically be the woman to take care of everything. Yeah. Now, does he got complete control over you? Like saying like, alright, delete your Instagram. You can't be dressing all slutty okay, out okay. on the street. Here's my thing. I'm not gonna be dressing all slutty and like having Instagram. If I found the one and he gives me everything I need, he doesn't even have to ask me for that. I already did it. I like this one. You'll delete it? Oh, yeah, for sure. Without him even having to ask. What about he wants to look at this every time? Yeah. Okay, yeah, for sure. Yeah, 100%. Bro, people in their early 20s are thinking this way now. Good. Yeah. Good for her. I mean, uh, that's one of the things I asked Sheena to do. Hey, babe, listen, if we're going to start dating, how many guy friends do you have? She goes, none. Check. Great. Check. Why is that a check? In my mental checklist. Okay, why is that a check? Good. That's good. Because men... And women cannot be friends. Zero. Bro, you know it. Let's be friends. Bro, you're hanging out in that friend circle before she says, oh, that wonderful moment she opens up to you. You're just waiting. Dude, I know the game, but I was there. I was there trying to play in the friend zone because I, I wasn't courageous enough to go in and ask with the fear of being rejected. I know what it's like. Just because I've been married for the last nine years, eight years, nine years, doesn't mean I forget what it's like to be a man. Right? And so the other portion of that too as well is... I asked her, how many of, the, of your Instagram and, and Facebook pictures do you have of your ex? Mm. Right? Mm -hmm. She goes, give me a day. So I didn't even have to finish the, the, the rest of the question. By that, what she, mean, what, she went on a little detox on social media? That, she just wanted to make sure that none of her ex-boyfriends 
was on social media with her, smooching, kissy, kissing on that type Commenting of stuff. Things of Commenting things like that. Delete, delete, delete. Because what Sheena did is making sure that I knew that 100% of her attention, her, her eyes and spirit and heart was directed towards me. And after that, check. Next question. When we get into a problem, we get in a fight, who would you call? You see, you know, she tells me that's her mom. You've heard me say this before. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Her, She calls her mom. And then what do they, what do they talk about? What does your mom say? Do this, do that, do that, do this. Protect the relationship, not get rid of that punk, get rid of that loser, da, 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 da. It was like, hey, babe, you decide to get involved with that man. Here's how you need to be to stay together with that mm. man. She was defending the relationship, yeah. not her daughter. Mm. So those are three checks that I did. And I love seeing this from a, a young lady out there that wants this. She's clear about what she wants. And a man of honor, we, we talk about Proverbs 31 woman, how a, a woman of, of virtuous and noble character is in Proverbs 31. Read Proverbs 31. We've done a, a, a Proverbs breakdown here in the Seven Figure Squad. A woman, a woman of, of noble character operates like this. Well, guess what? If you want to attract a woman like that in your life, guess what you got to be? That kind of man. That type of man exactly. that also has those qualities too as well. Because even inside Proverbs 31 says, his, his, her husband sits amongst kings. So you got to be in a position where you're elevating your, your life to be around shot callers and, and kings and you being a kingmaker too as well. You got to rule your kingdom. And that makes a full on circle to having an identity in God. And number two, having right. a sense of purpose in life. 100%. No identity, low identity, no purpose, no direction. You're not going to be able to fulfill that role and be able to be that man for that yeah. woman. And you're going to keep on attracting unfulfilled, incomplete women in your life. If your role and identity is based on what social media says a man should be, forget about it. Yeah. And this is just not a 2023 thing or a 21st century thing. And when, I, when I look at the Bible, that's why every time we do a podcast, we have, we have, we have the Bible right in front of us. Yeah. Because this is the root and foundation of how the Seven Figure Squad YouTube channel and podcast has grown. Our lives are built. Because this is a reference manual. 6,000 years of documented human history. And you can call it stories, whatever the case may be. And you can say it's fake. It's the, the real Bible somewhere else. Okay, fine. But find me a better text. Find me a better manual outside of, oh, I'm just going to do me. Find me a better instructions on how to go through the biggest conflicts of my life. Tell me. Educate me. I haven't found one. 49 years looking, searching, I haven't found one but the Bible. And so when we're looking at uh, uh, you know, the, the scenario here, look at this father. Oh, look at this father. How the son is also disrespecting his dad. Let's take a look at this clip. Yeah, push me out, pussy. What the? Just Woo! go. Push me out, pussy. Woo! Push me out, pussy. Go. Push me out, pussy. Grab your stuff and go to mom's. Go, go in my bathroom. Push, push yeah, me out, pussy. I'm not gonna Okay. What's the knee jerk reaction to that clip? Let's say that's your son. Bam! Backhand. You, you're, getting, you're getting a backhand, you're getting a right cross, you're getting choked, <laughs> you're, getting, you're getting taken down. But I also feel, as I watched this clip a couple times, I listened to this kid. You know what I also feel? I feel pain in this kid's voice. He's taking shit out on his dad. What did, what did the guy taking the video say? Take your shit and go to mom's. So what that means is that's a. That's a Scenario now of a divided home. Mm -hmm. Mom and dad divorced. Mom's probably saying some shit about dad to and the kid and vice, and vice versa. Yeah. You know, we're just seeing 15 seconds this clip. But, but I'm trying to figure out the context of this, of this clip. And this kid is mad. This kid is angry. The other side of this thing is, from a father's standpoint, 
how much strength did that father have just to hold everything back to keep from either saying something to a kid that he might regret or putting his hands on the kid, something he regret, how much strength it, it took. So what does it all boil down to? Back to the full circle. That's why you need faith, man. You need to have an instruction manual on how to go about the challenges and difficulties of life. And when, I, when I'm reading uh, King Solomon, we do, I'm a big fan of King Solomon, okay? Not the way he finished his life, but the way he established 40 years of wealth and prosperity for the people of Israel. Because he asked God for one thing, as a young man at 20 years old, he said, God, I don't want riches. I don't want more women opportunities. I don't want more b- bigger army. I don't want riches. I don't want recognition. I don't want to be a God amongst people. What I want from you, God, is give me wisdom. If you entrusted me, give me wisdom so that I know how to lead your people. And God said, man, if that's what you're asking for, not only am I going to give you that, but I'm going to give you everything that you didn't ask for. And so... A lot of this has to do with your obedience, your calling, your understanding, your clarity, your purpose. And so, sadly, the son is probably listening to his friends, and he's probably going to school with other divorced kids, too, as well. And they're all facing the same family frustration. They're all t- comparing notes, this and this and that. And not to say that it's the end-all, be-all, but, man, if there's another reason for you to make more money and get back down to that standpoint, what I would do for this, uh, uh, this scenario, because um, this happened to Ruben and I, um, this kid, let's book, let's book a flight. Let's get out of Where do you want to go? Where do you want to go? So, for example, this weekend, Melanie's uh, having a little bit of a, a tough times and challenges. What am I doing? I'm flying her down here from Chicago to Dallas, and she's going to spend a weekend with me. Why? Because kids don't care about your, what you give them in terms of gifts. They don't care about your presence, but they care about your presence. One of the biggest memories that my children tell me all the time is when I was raising them as a single dad, this and this, we did this, we did that. And, and now they're, they're adults in their own life, Right? And the saddest part about them growing up and leaving the house is that they miss those moments and, and I miss those moments. And so uh, I want them to know that dad's here and I want them to be around me. And so if you're watching this podcast, I'm campaigning for my kids to move to Dallas. I want them around me more often. So what's your thoughts on this, man? They, your, your kids have finally humanized you. They, that's right. They understand you now, especially Ruben as a father. Yeah. Has he, uh, has he been checking in a lot more on you, asking you of questions course. like, hey, dad, what do I do here? Of hey, course. Hey, dad, I can't sleep. Hey, dad, yeah. uh, you know, how, how do I solve this issue with the baby? That's awesome, man. Uh, let's take a look at this picture. Yeah. Um, so this, this is me last night, bro. This is, this, this is a picture of fatherhood. Look at the timestamp. Yeah. Four o'clock in the morning. Four o'clock in the morning, my son's up. It's all smiles. Full of energy. Excited, ready to go. Hair all over that place. Right? And I'm, I'm like, kid, what are you doing up? Let me get, let me make a protein drink. Let me just get walk around and see if you can walk off some energy. But this is my life. I miss these. I love these moments. I miss, the, I, I, I miss this with my older kids. I'm glad I get to enjoy it again. I love these moments. You know, it's, it's, uh, I lose sleep. But guess what? The benefit of being your own boss and being an entrepreneur, you get to enjoy moments like this, man. The kid doesn't know. When I was broke and I was working a job, sleep. I, I got to work tomorrow. Blah, blah, blah. You don't have the kids. I'm just letting this kid live his life, man. Let's go. You want to get up? And uh, it was uh, apparently it was, it was National uh, Daughters Day uh, the other day. I don't know if I have a picture of my of my daughters, but uh, apparently it was a National Daughters Day yesterday. And so I had to post a picture of the twins. You know, uh, I don't know where I put it. It's not here. But uh, anywho, you can back off that. But yeah, man, it's uh, you got you got to get around, man. A situate a situation where you get to invest with the people that you love the most, which leads me to another point here. Do you know, do you know your grandfather? 
I yeah, I knew him. I knew him from my dad's side. I did. Not for your mom's side. No, he died way before I, I, okay, I, so I was even born. Do you know the names? Enrique was one of them. My grandfather, my grandmother. No, no idea. Yeah, so no relationship. No really. relationship whatsoever. With absolutely. your grandparents. With my grandparents from my mom's side, absolutely zero. What about your? What about their parents? Do you know at least their names? Your great grandfather. No, it stops at my grand, my, my grandfather. Right. Absolutely no no no. Kind of know history. of them. You've never yeah, had seen, seen pictures. That's all. Exactly. Yeah. Me too. Me yeah. too. I don't. I I don't know my. I've, I've met my grandfather one time, Sergio. Sergio. Sergio Sapala. Okay. That's my grandfather. He was a, he was a violinist. He was a musician. Dad's side or mom's side. My dad's side. Dad's side. Got it. My mom's side. My father. My grandfather passed away when I was thirteen. Mm. So I knew my grandmother briefly, um, uh, uh, Pilar, but um, um, she died. Of she died of cancer in nineteen ninety one. But let's take a look at this clip here of the significance of knowing your grandparents and great grandparents. Let's take a look at this. This is really interesting, so I just wanted to share. Have you ever thought about this? In a hundred years, so like 21, 23, 2033. we will all be buried with our families and friends. Strangers will live in our homes that we worked so hard to build, and someone else will own everything we have today. Most of our possessions will be given away or thrown out and destroyed, including the car that we spent a fortune on and will probably be scrapped. Our descendants will hardly know who we are, nor will they remember us. I mean, how many of us know who our grandfather's father was? After we die, we will be remembered for a few more years, and then we're just a portrait on someone's wall. And a few decades later, our history, photos, and deeds disappear into history's oblivion. We won't even be memories. If we pause one day to analyze these questions, perhaps we would understand how pointless it is for us to worry about 95% of the things that consume our minds daily. If we could only think about this, surely our approaches, our thoughts would change and we would do things differently. Perhaps we would feel more free to enjoy ourselves and our lives that we're living. Take these thoughts into the rest of your day, this week, this year, and remember the saying, if it's not going to matter in five years, don't spend more than five minutes being upset by it. It's great advice, by the way. Good, good advice between just arguments between the husband and wife. If it's not going to affect us in five years, why spend five minutes on an issue? But think about that, bro. Your car, your home. I mean, we just sold my parents' house. Mm-hmm. And uh, the look that my father had being the caretaker of that house for, for 30, 40 years. You know, the, the, the fact that the, our current house today is as beautiful as it is gonna be owned by somebody. You know, the, the, the money we had laid up. I mean, what an what a, what a interesting point there. A lot of people, I, I feel, I mean, great, I love it, but I feel like a lot of people are, will use this as an excuse to just step back and live a mediocre life and not try. Be a minimalist, yeah. Yeah, be a minimalist. Yeah. What do you think of that? Uh, I, here's what I think about this. Um, can we take a look at my screen, uh, Jordan? So it says here in Proverbs, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the sinner's wealth is laid up for the righteous. So all the things that she just talked about in that clip, mm-hmm. if you don't leave it to your, if you don't direct your wealth, not, and by the way, wealth is more than just money and possessions and a Rolex and a car and a house. You know, wealth is in your intelligence, your experiences. Man, imagine having a database of experiences you can give your kids. One of the motivations for me doing this podcast, one of the motivations of me doing a YouTube channel is that I know, assuming that a YouTube stays around and we, 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 we're created, we created a vault, we bought a vault at, at the office. It's like uh, 80 terabytes, 
But every video I've done for the last 10 years is in this vault. It's a time capsule. From the skinny mat to, 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 uh, to, the, to the poor mat, everything is in there. The last 10 years, actually 11 years, I've been doing this since 2011, 2012. So my YouTube channel is not just for me to help coach, teach, train, and create exposure and awareness for our brand, our business, and, and, and create some connections through our YouTube channel and, and to help other people along the way. But I really want to help my grandson, my granddaughter, my great-grandson, my great-granddaughters, I should say in plural, but 100 years from now, it's 2023. I might live another, I'm going to be 50 here at the end of this uh, next month. I might live for another 30 years. What does that bring me? 2053? 2100? I'm definitely not living to the next turn of the century. So my YouTube channel, my archived Facebook page, these things will serve as a memorial for them to see what Grant, granddad was thinking about, teaching about, focused on, who he's associating with. And uh, who, who knows, bro? You get married one day and you have kids. Our kids start associating. Hey, I remember when Grandpa Milton was hanging out with your great-grandpa. Da-da-da-da, huh? Yeah. How about that, bro? Huh? Now we're building business together because of the things we learned from the Seven Figure Squad and the Seven Figure Squad podcast. Yeah. Come on. Let's go. Let's, look, look, look what your uh, great-grandpa Milton, he was jacked. Look at him. They were working out together, man. Look how jacked it was. He's so smart about health and, and wellness and, and fitness, man. Him and his, uh, my gra- uh, your great-grandfather, uh, Grandpa Matt, man, they were really vibing together, man. The things that they did move from Chicago to Dallas. I'm just spitballing here, bro, but that's what they think about because we archived it. And they, they're, for any of them, my descendants, to watch it and internalize it and know I documented it. Because every time I look at, what do you think about when you see pictures of your great-grandparents? You didn't know them. Yeah. What do you think about when you see that? I know that they had a lot of... They did a lot of cool things. I know I, I, I'm related to, the, to this big ancestor back in Mexico who was a big, a big guy in trading, but we just lost connection with that. We didn't go down a lineage, and because of that, we weren't connected to that. But I know there's a lot of good history in my mom and my father's side of the family. And, you know, I mean, what, 30, 40, 50 years ago, they had books talking about, you know, the history of a certain family members. You, you're going to have YouTube. We're going to have YouTube. We're going to have videos. Yep. If that's still around, of course. Yep. And that's going to be our, our autobiographies. And that's going to be, all, you know, history's literally on YouTube. And you're leaving that behind. Imagine that, man, 200 years from now. And here, here can, yeah. I, can I share this picture? Here's my mom in the Philippines. Shit. A nurse, early 20s. And you know I'm thinking about, she's about to leave a her friends, she's about to leave her family. She's about to leave the people she grew up with to come to America. And she had five, 600 bucks in her wallet. And she was going to discriminate because American nurses were getting paid differently than Filipino nurses in Philadelphia. And she went to Chicago. Like you think about leaving behind and creating generational wealth. She created generational wealth with me with these steps. Graduating nursing school. It's my mom, right? And, and just, just look at my, this is my, this is my grandma. To her, the woman to her, Right, uh, looking to the left, that's my grandma, right? And the woman to my mom's right, my, uh, my mom's left, looking to the right, that's my aunt. She's sitting right now with Dolphin Sessie Vargas doing a, ro- uh, a 401k rollover. That's who she grew up with in the Philippines. It's back in the 60s, bro. And so I'm excited to see this transference of not just wealth monetary, but experiences that we've been able to create throughout our life. And why should that be cut? When you look at uh, what King Solomon says, and let me, let me look at something else. Let's take a look at, um, let's look at speaking of uh, generational wealth here, um, I'm, I'm looking at the lineage too of, of, of Jesus. I'm going to be covering it in Ecclesiastes here. But to go from Adam and Eve 
42 generations to Jesus. Right? There's blessings. In, 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 Jesus, in Jesus' lineage, there are heroes, there's pastors, there's prostitutes, there is incest in Jesus' lineage. It's documented here in Matthew 1. Why Matthew? What, was, what did Matthew do in the Bible? He was a tax collector. Why do tax collectors take documents? Because they need to collect taxes from family lineage. And so uh, I'll be covering that on the, on the uh, Wealth and Wisdom series here on the Seven Figure Squad, so make sure you subscribe. But these are things that I'm intrigued about in terms of wealth building. And um, any thoughts on that before I move on to the next topic? Because I, I, got, I got the topic with, uh, with uh, what happens when life happens. Let's, let's, let's go directly to that topic. So, and here's the thing. That dream, that vision, that purpose is cut when you have no plan. Let's take a look at this video of what happens when this young lady took in her sister's children, sadly when her sister passed away. Let's take a look. You call me out upon the waters, the great unknown, my feet may fail. It's my best day of my life. She cries almost every day, like. <laughs> It's like she breaks down every day because she just feel like she can't do it, but then I just tell her she can do it. Like, I believe in you, mama. Who's we? You, you oh, know, apparently or, the community. The community. Okay. The community. The community came together. Apparently the church came together to go to Target. They, they did a collection, did a raising. By the way, very fortunate yeah. for the community to come together because there's so many scenarios where people sadly pass away. They don't have life insurance. They don't have a will. They don't have anything planned for the next generation. And yet their children uh, birth under this parent and the children asked to be here. So as a parent, your responsibility is to provide for your children long after you're gone too as well, my opinion, but something I feel is a responsibility that many people have to invoke because let's take a look at what GoFundMe. Uh, if we can take a look at my, uh, my, my uh, screen here. The reality is, if people pass away, how do they pay for the funeral? How do they pay for the kids' education and clothing and back to school? It looks like they're going back to school and these different things. And by the way, she was, she was very sad in that, right? She lost her sister. Of course. What do you think is adding to that sadness? The stress of knowing she has more kids to take care of. She got 10, according to that video, she got 10 kids now. And I didn't see a man around her, so it looks like she was a single mom. Her sister passed away. Now she got to take her seven kids. She's got her own three kids. She's got ten kids. No wonder she's looking that way. Yeah, she had to step out of her uh, her essence, her energy, her feminine energy, step into the masculine role of having to take care of ten ten kids by yourself. By herself. And so now, thank God, the community got together because without the community coming together, the church coming together, another way for people to raise funds is through GoFundMe. So let's take a look at the screen. Um, but however, most GoFundMe, everybody knows GoFundMe, right? Yeah. Most GoFundMe campaigns. Are for medical bills for medical bills fail less than twelve percent uh, less than twelve percent reach goals. And let's take a look at GoFundMe in terms of funerals. According to GoFundMe, and by the way, do these, do these folks look like old folks or young folks? Wow. So, so so people think that you know funeral and life insurance is only when you're older. Look at this. 
a, a man apparently died in a car crash. He wanted, help, uh, uh, he wanted to help the four young children left behind. He started GoFundMe that raised 500000 for their futures. By the way, great fundraising. Yeah. But you think GoFundMe's doing this for free? No, of course not. They take a percentage. Don't they? they take a percentage, and also there's uh, credit card expenses too as well. So there's, there's a percentage taken out of that $500,000. And to see how prevalent it is, uh, I'm just curious, your memorial, how many, how many uh, we are the leader in online memorial fundraising, over 125,000 memorial fundraising, basically funerals per year. Wow. Raising $330 million per year. Probably good for them getting involved in this game to the lack of life insurance that's purchased in America. 100 million people in America are underinsured. Let me repeat that one more time. 100 million people plus in America are underinsured. Let me ask you a dumb question, Milton. You come back, uh, Jordan. If you uh, came here to the studio mm-hmm. and uh, Jeff Curley here says, hey, man, any, any podcaster here, um, as a benefit of you uh, renting our studios to the podcast, we're giving you guys free life insurance. I don't know for whatever reason, but we're just going to give you free life insurance. We'll pay for it. We'll pay for whatever you want. How much do you want? I'll take that. How much? How much? How much? There's no, there's no cap? No, it's, we're paying for it. They'll send the pay for it. Jordan, the company's going to pay for your life insurance, bro. How much do you want? How, how, much, how much would you like? I gotta be honest, I don't know enough about that kind of it's, stuff. It's free. You want life insurance, Jordan? It's free. I mean, yeah, I'll take it. It's free. Jeff is gonna pay for it. Yeah. And uh, um, they'll pay up the bill, and the beneficiary could be whoever you want your church, your mom, your dad, your siblings, your cousins, your family. How much would you like Jeff to pay for? I mean, if he's gonna pay for all of it, I'd yeah. take that. Yeah. How Shit, much? $10 million policy. 10 million? 10 million. 10, yeah. 10 million? Yeah, that sounds good. Why not 20? Hmm. No. 20? Yeah. He'll pay for it. Yeah. Why not 50? 100. 100 million. Okay, so you both have agreed with me that there's value in life insurance. Of course. So what people don't want to do, though? They, they just don't want, don't want to? Yeah. They don't want to pay for it. They don't pay for it. But we all just said there's value in life insurance. Yeah. Right? And for those of you watching this, too, as well. So if there's value in life insurance, now if you can create a, a, an, an inheritance, people think the, the, the biggest misconception that people have with life insurance is that it costs too much. Biggest misconception people have it costs too much. We just had Master P uh, at a conference. You were there. Yeah. And I asked him, what do you think can solve the problems in the hood? He says, everybody needs to get a life insurance policy. Really? So what type of policy? Because he, 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 he was a result of having a life insurance policy from his grandfather. 10,000 bucks to start no limit records. So if everybody gets these $50 million policies, get a million dollar policy, so 50, 50 bucks a month, million dollar policy. Are you sure? And sure enough, people just don't know. You can get you if you're young enough and healthy enough. If you're in your teens and twenties, you literally can get a 20, a 20, 30 year term policy. For I'm just spitballing out there, but ask a local life insurance or send us an email. We'll give you a quote. But for fifty bucks a month, say five bucks a month. I got a for when when I was twenty uh, nine years old, thirty years old, I got a million dollar life insurance policy for seventy five bucks a month. Seventy five. Seventy five bucks a month. So if something happens to me, I'm paying this insurance company seventy five dollars. Something happens to me, boom. My beneficiaries, which is my trust, which pays my kids. Education, their f- first home, their wedding. <laughs> I got something for their Valentine's Day. So it's all in there, right? A million dollars gets paid to my trust for 75 bucks a month when I got it as a 29, 30-year-old. Now, if you're 30 and 40, you're, o- you're older or you're not as healthy, it's going to be different. But still, look at, look at the exchange. Let's say it's 100 bucks. For 100 bucks, is it worth it instead of having to wait for other people to put money in a GoFundMe account for you. And the, the picture we just saw there with four kids, imagine you know instantly you put 100 bucks a month, 200, uh, 100 bucks a month, next month, next month, next month, next month, something happens to you, $500,000 get paid to your trust. You know that. You lock that in. You instantly create an estate. 
And that's what that financial product and vehicle does, insurance. And people often say, oh, man, what, if I can invest my money inside a S&P 500, 8%, 10%, 12% rate of return every year, I can self-insure. Yeah, but that takes time. What happens if something happens to you six months from now? You're never able to fulfill the 20, 30-year ramp up of compound interest to make sure that you are self-insured for a family. And by the way, wealthy families, guess what they buy a lot of? Outside of common knowledge, popular opinion. You know what a lot of wealthy families do? They buy a lot of life insurance. Because guess what they have to pay in case they, well, when they die? Estate tax, death tax. And if you have a net worth above the estate tax credit, that money is exposed to estate taxation. And who pays for that? Either you sell the property, you sell your, your business, and liquidate some assets, or you can have an irrevocable life insurance trust to pay for those type of things. What's your thoughts? So, so we were talking about no cap when it comes down to life insurance policy. Do you know what, what, what's what been the largest policy ever written in life insurance? Um, I, I heard of one of 250 million bucks in Northern California, Silicon Valley. We, we think it's Elon Musk. Really? So is it is it 250 million that they would receive or is how much was put into the policy? No, no, that's what they will receive. They'll probably put a few million dollars a year into it. Yeah. So example, we wrote a $23 million policy through my agency. Okay. Because the guy had a $50 million real estate portfolio. Mm. And then we added together estate tax credit, blah, 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 based on a case study. Come to find out he'd have a $23 million, $20 million estate tax issue when the boys inherit the, the property, the real estate portfolio. And, and, and here's something that maybe a lot of people don't understand, which I didn't understand years ago when I first started hearing about life insurance was whatever money you put in, either month to month, year to year, or lump sum money you put into it, there is a cash value to it, which means that sure. at, at any point you can take a loan out of the money that you've put in there. Yeah. And it, but the money that's into the the face value, right? Face value, if I'm, face if I'm value cash value. If I'm saying it correctly, right. that's still compounding over time. Cash value is compounding over time, yes. Even though you're taking out a loan. Yes, that's correct. So you can put in, you, you can put in, just mm-hmm. spinning out an example, you can put in $100,000 in, let's just say you have it laying around, you can, you can put it into a policy and that starts compounding over time. And then after one or two years, you say, hey, I want to buy a house. And you take out $50,000 out of that policy. Sure. The Or buy a car. I bought three cars to my life insurance policy. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. So at Rolls Royce, you see out there? Yeah. Through my life insurance policy. So the the policy within itself won't get affected. So let's just say you have a half, half a million dollar policy. Mm-hmm. If you do take out a fifty thousand dollar loan, mm-hmm. the half a million dollar policy is not going to be affected by that loan that you took out. It will not be. It will not be affected. It will not be affected. It was just the cash value that you have. That's right. And the death benefit will repay the loan when that time comes for you to check out. Okay, so so it won't be half a million, it'll be like four fifty. Mm-hmm. If it's right. a fifty thousand dollar loan. Okay. That's right. Okay. And by the way, we can unpack this. I think we're going to do a video of actually how loans inside policies actually work because there's so much. People often say, well, the life insurance co- policy keeps your cash value when you die. It's true. It's called option A of a life insurance policy. But if you choose option B of a life insurance policy, the life insurance company not only returns your death benefit, which you paid for, but also the cash value inside the policy. Now, the, in- the internal cost of the policy is a little bit more because you're buying buy more life insurance uh, uh, down the road. But... The sheer fact that people are saying that the insurance company keeps your cash value—that's not true. That was my—that yeah. that, that, that was my main question because I, I didn't understand the concept of you know being able to take out a loan from your insurance policy. And obviously, you know, if, this, this is something that a lot of these young people would tell me all the time, like why they why people would get why they would get into, into mm-hmm. life insurance, especially the, you mm-hmm. know the, the company that you work for. When they when people hear you, you're going to get a half a million dollar policy, even though you're only putting in 50, 75, 100, 125, whatever. 250 bucks a month. Mm-hmm. When they hear half a million dollar policy, when they, you say loan, a lot of these young cats automatically mistake that to, oh, I can take out a loan. I can take out a loan against the 500 
uh, half a mil. The death benefit. No, it's based no. on the cash value. Cash value whatever you deposit. Yeah. In. It's kind of like yeah. bank account in a way. Uh-huh. Okay. And you just, you can't treat it like a checking account either. Yeah. Like it took me eight years before of stuffing cash inside a life insurance policy, your own bank, be your own bank, being infinite banking, right? It took me eight years before I even looked at thinking about taking money out. I, start, I established it in 2001 during the Great Recession. That's when I first took out my uh, withdrawal. Mm. I, I have a video out there of how I bought a Bentley for 50,000 bucks, flipped it, made, made uh, 90, flipped it into a, a property and made 130 in six months. Mm. Coming from the money side of life insurance policy. And that's how I started investing back into my investing back to my into my business. Here's here's a here's a scenario I want to talk talk about generate about creating generational wealth. Deion Sanders. You think he's a stud? Well, I think uh, Deion Sanders got paid thirty million dollars as an NFL cornerback. I think his dad's net worth is over fifty million bucks. But Shadur Sanders is not too far behind, and he's not even a pro. Well, college players today, parents out there that you got got your kids in sports. Don't have to wait for your kids to get in the NFL, the NBA, MLB. They can make money in college called NIL deals. NIL stands for name, image, and likeness. That's correct. College players can now receive income for being a stud athlete on their team. So um, Shador Sanders, let's take a look at Shador Sanders. So the, the, the number one quarterback in all of the, in, in the, in the college, um, in football, let's take a look at my screen, uh, Jordan. So, this is Shador, uh, Shador Sanders. He's a quarterback, formerly of Jackson State, where his father was formerly coaching at. Now he's at Colorado, tearing up college football. I know they lost last game, uh, but man, they already, they've already won three games, man. Yeah. So that, that's uh, th- three times more games than they won last year. So Shador Sanders versus Caleb Williams. Who is Caleb Williams? Well, Caleb Williams is a Heisman Trophy winning quarter, uh, uh, quarterback. Looking at being the first pick overall in the draft uh, this coming uh, um, uh, offseason. But... In college, they're not getting paid the same. So Shador Sanders has his father, because what his father gave him, he gave him a good name. Deion Sanders gave his sons, his daughter, a good name. A name that he continues to recreate, evolve, past just prime time, to now it's Coach Prime. And uh, Shador here, uh, week five of the college football season, will witness a matchup between two of the best quarterbacks. Um, Shador Sanders and Caleb Williams of the USC Trojans. So we're, this is going to be coming up this week. Mm. Meanwhile, Williams, Caleb Williams is off to a 4-0 start in a reigning, reigning Heisman Trophy winner, okay? But Sanders uh, was taking the world by storm in the first two weeks, but struggled against Oregon. So the better quarterback is Caleb. Yeah. But when it comes to money, all right, so, so Shador stands versus Caleb Williams in terms of stats. Caleb's got a better stat sheet. Shador, not so much. But when it comes to marketability and eyeballs, okay, Shadur Sanders currently leads all of college football in terms of NIL. According to on three, Sanders' valuation is $5.6 million, the highest in college football. Williams, meanwhile, Caleb Williams, is a third in NIL valuation, is projected by $2.6 million, $3 million less than Shadur Sanders. How's that for a college athlete man getting paid millions of dollars just to play college football? I wish I, wish I was stuck around. <laughs> I wish I didn't get distracted Yo, in high school with a girlfriend. <laughs> This is awesome, man. Okay? This is awesome. So both Shadur and Caleb would enter the draft. Uh, uh, both Shadur and Caleb could enter the draft this season. As of now, it's expected Williams would enter the draft and is a lock to be drafted first overall. Uh, Sanders, meanwhile, could return to Colorado next season. He's still in his junior year. Sanders returning for one more season to try and be the first pick in the 2025 NFL draft seems realistic. And he has the time to do it because he doesn't have to rush to get into the NFL 
to get paid. Do you think this is going to stick around for a while? I hope it does. I sure hope so too. I need to have kids. Yeah, of course. I need to have kids, man. Of course. Wow. But they were doing this already. We just never did, didn't know about it. Yeah. But here, here's the, uh, here's uh, actually, I was, I was just curious too as well. Who's, who's got, who's got, uh, uh, um, who's got Shador Sanders pimping their products? So he's got, um, he's got, um, uh, he's got an endorsement deal with, uh, I think it's with Gatorade. His first NIA deal in college football came with Gatorade. So he's got Gatorade and he's now uh, uh, inking with uh, Mercedes Benz. Uh, uh, and then he partnered with, um, a part of headphones maker Beats by Dre, uh, sports apparel supply Under Armour, and a Tom Brady cl- uh, clothing line brand, Brady, the Brady. So he's got five, five, six different endorsements. Now, with that being said, here's the downside to it. You're, you're, you're 19, 20 year old. You're an 18, 19, 20 year old millionaire playing college football. Not only big man on campus, but brother, you're getting paid. Yeah. Distraction city. One thousand percent. Women, uh, 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 opportunities, uh, places to blow your money, left and right, all day long. By the way, that's why we're recruiting insurance agents because we need to go to these colleges and coach these college kids how to better plan for their finances. But that being said, you think Shador listened to his dad about money? I mean, he's only a former NFL player raising. We think Shador listened to his dad. What, what, so you said there's three stages, right? Yes. Idolize, demonize, uh-huh. humanize. Uh-huh. What stage do you think he's at right I think, now? I, I think he's, I think he's still idolizing his dad. No shit. Okay. I think he's still, I think he's still in idolization phase because idolizing his dad, staying in line with his dad at, at this point, he's getting paid. He's a big man on campus. Everything going right is going right by Shadur Sanders and his son, his, his other son Shiloh. If, if you were prime time. In, and in, the, in, the ex, in the exact same position that he's uh, in, that he's in right now with, with his sons, especially this kid making the kind of money he's making, what would be some of the things that you would tell your son to make sure he stays aligned and stays on top of his game without being distracted? Uh, I'd say make sure you listen to our family person about money. Listen to them. Don't listen to me. Listen to them. Why? Law of familiarity kicks in. Cannot be a prophet in your own land. He's not going to be listening to his dad. Uh, Jordan, can we play this clip? Here's who Deion Sanders surrounded his son with to get into his son's brain about handling finances. Take a look at this clip. One question before I go, Tom, do you think a college oh, kid needs a, a phantom like a Rolls Royce? Nah, hey, no, it's not a phantom. It's a Rolls Royce cousin. I think he needs to get his ass in the film room and spend as Thank much you. time in there as possible. Thank you, Less Tom. time in the car and more time in the film room. Thank you, Tom. I appreciate that. I've seen you have one too, Tom. Don't think I've seen you. <laughs> I was just a rental. Hey, I had a few bucks in my pocket at that point. I, I'll see some car stories when we're together next time. Listen, because Dion can get through his son right now. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm coaching you. I'm dad. So he has, he's got another goat. Goat to goat conversation. Imagine that situation being Shador Sanders. Having two goats, your own dad and Tom Brady. But this is just not this year. He'd been working together with him as, as, as a college, uh, before college and worked him as a kid. He'd been working together with Tom Brady and, and getting his mechanics together. But I need to surround my son with the right conversation, with the right people. That's yeah. why I want my son to have a relationship with you. Yeah. I want my kids to be around those, my girls. I want them to have the right uh, women in their lives. You know, that's, that's one of my checklists. That's one of my outcomes having my daughter here this weekend is I want to know who she's surrounding herself with yeah. and sell her on the fact that if you want to go somewhere in your life, you got to have more than these people in your life because I, I know some of the situations she's going through, I know certain people are in her life and she's 22. Yeah. 
So that, that would be a financial person. You need, you need to have a, a faith person in your life. You need to have somebody that's, that's your, 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 your ride or die. Yeah. These type of people need to be in your life. How do you distinguish, in your eyes, being you know, the seasoned man that you are in business and also in, in, in life, having a family, how do you distinguish that these, how do you think these people actually being the right people and being able to trust these people are uh, directing you towards the right path? Time, relationships, referrals, those type of things, always checking, you know, in, in, inspect what you expect. You, uh, um, I remember I, I was watching this uh, a movie about uh, George Foreman. Uh, his, his buddy that uh, he was in the uh, job corps with was an alcoholic, but that's the guy who chose to manage his finances, mm -hmm. thinking that just giving him a job, he would no longer be an alcoholic. Listen, you want to test a man? Here's how you test a man. Give him money. Want to test him some more? Give him power. Mm. He was trusted with money and power and position. Guess what he did with George Foreman's money? He pissed it all away. That's why he went back to fighting. That's why he went back to being more marketable. That's why he went and discovered the George Foreman grill. So thankfully, in a, in a retrospective viewpoint, thankfully his buddy lost all his money that he worked hard for. Otherwise, George Foreman grill wouldn't be here because he sold for like $130 million. Mm. Imagine that. You're, 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 when you're in the worst position, you can find yourself in the best position. He trusted God. And by the way, he was a pastor at that time before he decided to go back to fighting. Oh, wow. So uh, the, the story of uh, George Foreman. So guys, we got more of these conversations. Too bad we were running out of time. Um, what's your feedback? What's your thoughts? Uh, you agree with us? You don't agree with us? Please put it in the comment section below. Uh, we've got a very interesting interview coming up with uh, 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 Pastora Hage. Uh, she is a coach. Speaking of women, I'm doing an interview with both my wife and Spring Eatman with her uh, uh, tomorrow, but it'll be uh, released uh, sometime next week about how women could be complementary to the type of man that we've been discussing here, how, they, how women can also play their leadership role. When you put those two together, it's just, it's not one's, one's over the other. It's a power couple type of scenario, power couple type of situation. We're going to be having that interview with my wife and spring him in here. Coming soon here on the Seven Figure Squad YouTube channel and podcast. With that being said, man, appreciate you appreciate for this you, episode. Next week will be episode, four, episode 40, noon, Wednesdays. We'll see you then. That being said, from Dallas, Texas, on behalf of Milton Alvarez, I'm your Marty Smart Guy, and until we meet again, continue to live smart, continue to love smart, every Marty Smart today. See you next week. Bye-bye.